Channing and Mackenzie here, and you're listening to Freshman Founders, a podcast for people who are interested in starting their first business and want to know how it really works. Whether you're a business major, interested in the startup lifestyle, or passionate about making a particular change in the world, this podcast is the one for you. Welcome to episode seven of Freshman Founders, season two. We are not in the studio today. We took a little trip to Top Golf in Nashville. This episode is really going to focus on creatives really making their hobby or their talent into a career and how somebody with a passion for something or a skill can really take those steps to actually make it their job. There's so many people, especially in Nashville, who are talented at something, whether they're in music or art who want to do that for a living and are kind of slowly making the steps to make that their full-time gig. This is a great story about somebody that did just that. So today we're hearing from Nathan Brown, who is the ultimate creator, like Mackenzie's saying. He launched his career in the music industry and marketing world with starting his own company out of college called HMP. He actually left school because it blew up and he was doing amazing things. And then over the past 15 years, he's continued to market, produce, and promote over 5,000 concerts, 150 festivals, and 400 plus brand marketing campaigns. The dude does not know how to stop working because he rocks at it and he's incredible. And through his professional journey, he always made time to simply create, from graffiti to festival art installations. It was an impressive side hobby. We're excited to talk more with Nathan today about how he took that creative passion and turned it into his full-time job, traveling the world to create art for others and make money while doing it. Hello. Hello. How are we today, Nathan? Doing, doing great. How are you? Oh, well, we definitely haven't had as hard of a week as you. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> but a good one. We're at Top Golf right now. Nathan is painting a mural right outside in the hot Nashville summer heat. So hot. <laughs> so hot. <laughs> but it's looking so good. Thank you. Thank you. It's it's really crazy how this all happened and transpired. I mean, we actually hit you up a couple weeks ago to see if you would be down to do a mural on our office building. Little did we know you happened to have a trip already booked to come back to Nashville where you're currently living in Budapest, which we're going to hear more about. And you said that you were doing a mural for Top Golf. Yep. And it is not just any mural. This thing is for stories. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You're on a crane and you're going up and down. Yeah. I've got a 60 foot boom lift. That's uh, getting me all over that wall. So yeah, it's it's a tall one. It's amazing. And tell us about, you know, how did uh, Topgolf come to you and say what they were looking for? So Topgolf uh, originally hit me up about a year ago um, about the possibility of doing a mural on somewhere on the outside of their building. And uh, it ended up not happening. I think, you know, it was like a brand new building. They were still kind of figuring things out. Um, so like a year went by and, you know, it didn't happen. But uh, about a month ago, um, they reached out to me and were like, hey, I think we're ready to do something. And we saw some stuff you recently did and we want that on the side of our building, uh, but obviously created somewhat uniquely for, for, for us. And I was like, okay. They're like, when can you do it? Okay, I can fly. Out. It was so easy, you know, the... What really blew me away is that they just wanted a big piece of artwork. They don't want their name on it. They don't want hashtags. They, the only element that they wanted is something people could take a photo of and just admire from afar and just have, like, a, a local Nashville artist's 
piece on their wall as a kind of like, I guess, sort of give back in a way to the city. Like we want to, we have a huge khaki building, you know, we definitely need something on it. And, um, yeah, I don't know. It's not like a statement piece. It's just like we're, we have a big piece of artwork from a local Nashville artist, you know, on our wall. And it's as simple as that. It's making Nashville cool. Yeah. I mean, Nashville's yeah. cool, but, um, you know, I'm, uh, it's really been really cool seeing a lot of the, the public art pop up. I mean, I'm a, I would rather do public art all day instead of like private commissions or gallery shows. That stuff's great, but I think art should be something for everybody to enjoy. You know, whether it's creating a new space where there was nothing going on or a place like the Gulch where it has plenty going on and uh, making some awesome walls to look at and take photos in front of and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yes. And, you know, you're obviously very busy uh, creating this uh, piece this week. And so we wanted to come to you. This is actually our first mobile recording ever. It was so incredible driving up to this and seeing from the highway already. I mean, it's almost done. And everyone in Nashville, please go to Top Golf and check out Nathan Brown's creation. But what was nuts is I was just even standing out there for a second, admiring it. And how many people were walking by and they were like, oh, that's mm-hmm. so cool. I wonder who that is. Or I wonder who the muralist is. We were seeing him on the crane. <laughs> we're like, um, it's nuts that you're on that by yourself. Yeah, I had an assistant help me for a couple of days just because, I mean, the heat is just unbearable, you know, half the day. It's direct sunlight till about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And, you know, I wish the I wish the sun stayed out until 10 p.m. or 11, but it doesn't. So I have to be out there in the heat. And, yeah, I definitely need an assistant to get this done in a timely manner. I only have this boom lift that's super expensive for a certain amount of time. So uh, I plan on finishing up today. Uh, if all goes well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I have like a drone crew coming out here to capture some cool shots and, you know, do all that kind of stuff. And um, yeah, I mean, I hope people enjoy it. Uh, there was, there was a, a concert here yesterday at the Cowan and there was a line, you know, around the entire building of, you know, a few thousand people. And, but they were out there for like a few hours or so. And, you know, a lot of people messaged me on Instagram. I was like, Oh, you know, it was really cool watching you paint. I, I love that. I, I'm glad people, I mean, I'm, I'm honored that people, like looking at my artwork and uh, people enjoy it. And that, I mean, that's, uh, that's everything to me. And it's so much fun doing it. <laughs> and so how many murals do you have in town? In Nashville, like I think lot. there's like 20. Yeah. Um, I know that four have been destroyed in the past four or a couple months, um, you know, due to development and whatever change of business and stuff like that, which is, you know, it's normal, um, especially in Nashville since it's, always growing. So I think I have about 20, you know, over the past four years, four or five years. Wow. Um, just in Nashville. I feel like I see yours everywhere. Like every part of town, <laughs> I'll always see a Nathan Brown Aww. piece somewhere and I get hyped because oh, I love you. your style. <laughs> Seriously, it's, it's amazing and timeless. Like the geometric patterns that you do, has this been something that you've always gravitated towards this kind of design? Yeah. I mean, I remember... I mean, I grew up doing graffiti and, you know, I used to do words, you know, graffiti words and stuff like that. But I was always drawn to just really cool geometric shapes. And, you know, when I kind of got past the graffiti stuff and wanted to do large scale art, you know, I was like, well, maybe I'll just do shapes and colors. And uh, I liked the the way that, you know, uh, gradients and geometric work sort of uh, gives a lot of depth and it just kind of looks like it's moving. And I don't know. I was just drawn to it at a young age, really. So you were creating art from a young age, 
how did you get involved in the music industry and how did everything come together to where you are now? I was born in L.A., um, but then both of my parents were in the music industry. My dad was a record producer. My mom um, worked her way up and she was uh, A&R director for Sony Music for a very long time. So back way back then, when I was about 11 years old, we moved from L.A. to Nashville. Moving here from L.A., there wasn't the culture and like all the things I saw daily, like, you know, graffiti and skateboarding, all this stuff. So I was immediately bored when we moved here and I wanted those things from California. So I just started skateboarding. I met a few people in my neighborhood uh, that were skaters too. And so that kind of like, you know, led to like a career in skateboarding. But uh, through that, you know, like the graffiti element, I, I remember seeing it when I was younger and all the murals in LA. And I always just, I mean, I was in awe of that stuff. So around high school, I uh, kind of got into graffiti. There was a few kids that moved from California, which a few of them are some of the biggest street artists in the world. And now, I mean, like, you know, they, they travel over the world. They're in all the magazines, and, you know, they kind of got their start in Nashville. Back in, like, the 90s here, there was, like, a ma- like a, an amazing skateboard culture. Um, and then, you know, there was, it was a very DIY sort of attitude here. So you kind of had to make stuff happen if you wanted to do something cool. But yeah, through all of that, it was just, I don't know if it was timing or just out of necessity. We just created, started creating stuff, you know, whether we were doing graffiti and painting trains or, you know, doing skateboard videos or whatever it was. But it was all kind of interconnected. And uh, I think both of those things kind of fueled, you know, everything I ended up doing, getting into the music business, kind of because of my parents. It was just something that kind of happened naturally. It was, uh, I started a street marketing company fresh into like my first semester of college uh, in Atlanta. And uh, it was kind of out of necessity because I was poor. (laughs) And uh, it just kind of took off um, within a semester. And I ended up, you know, having to quit college by second semester. Made a decision. It was a little, you know, street marketing company promoting local concerts and record labels, you know, releases. And, uh, yeah, it started out as something as simple as that, you know, making a few hundred bucks a month, you know, doing stuff for record labels and whatever and figuring it out. And, um it led to like a nine-year career um, with that with, with that company in Atlanta. What was one of the first projects you can remember from that street marketing company? I think it was, we were doing stuff for, I want to say it was like either BMG. Uh, it was a few like well-known record labels. Uh, just basically doing like uh, everything from uh, listening parties for new releases to sort of like coordinating like you know, small events. And then we were just doing straight up street marketing, like postering the city, um, you know, flyering shows, you know, just sort of like bringing awareness to, you know, a new album release. And that turned into marketing, you know, local venue concerts, which turned into Live Nation reaching out to us saying, hey, we've seen what you've done around Atlanta. We want you to promote all of our shows. And so within a year or two of starting that company, we gained Live Nation as a client and started promoting all the shows a lot, like pretty much all over the Southeast. And it ended up being, you know, thousands of shows over the course of eight years that's a pretty badass first client oh yeah it's great (laughs) um but we did hard work and we really uh, the whole idea behind street marketing was how do we get in front of people you know genuinely how do we bring awareness to something that's going on whether it's a concert or a new album release you know how do we reach these crowds and the only way you can really do that effectively is get in front of people and it was it's a simple concept but you know it still works to this day how did you then move into Street Attack from, or, I mean, you were in Atlanta, and then was that why you went back to Nashville? 
the guy that started Street Attack, um, he was out of Boston and New York. And with my company, HMP, we primarily did stuff in the South. But we'd have, like, we ended up, you know, a few years in, Coachella reached out to us to do all, a lot of their national marketing, um, street marketing. So we, like, took over, like, 20 markets, 20 cities worth of, like, street marketers. And we kind of managed a lot of that. And through that, I met, you know, other agencies like ours around the U.S. that we could, like, rely on to kind of, like, hey, if we have something in L.A. or Boston or Chicago, we'll, you know, reach out to you and you can kind of manage and take care of you know, whatever, whatever campaign we have going on for us. And that's how I met uh, Brett from Street Attack. And we just, you know, we had an ongoing, like, you know, work relationship. Had never really met. Um, and, you know, probably did, like, 30 projects together over the course of a few years. And then um, around 2009, I got bought out of uh, HMP and ended up working for Live Nation in Denver for a minute, but then had to move back here to take care of my mom. And some, and you know, take care of some family. And uh, coincidentally, Brett from Street Attack had moved here. Uh, he was a partner in Rolf and Daughter's restaurant here, which is incredible. And we started talking about, hey, we should maybe do some street marketing in Nashville. Nothing's really happening. And all the stuff that we do in all these other cities, you know, it wasn't really happening here. And uh, around 2012, we decided to open up a, an office for Street Attack and you know, do some experiential marketing and uh, kind of more on the brand side of thing and uh, less concert stuff. So then you came back to Nashville. You are doing the marketing side of things. You know, you, you're you're kind of helping grow this team here. And then what? at what point did you really start doing? Was the art still always a part of your life? Was it kind of just took a back seat for a while? It, I mean, art was always there. I'd always, you know, drew or did something. Sometimes people would hit me up that knew that I did graffiti to, like, do little commissions here and there. Um, it was just something that was always there. I never thought about making money off of it or pursuing it because I was so wrapped up, you know, uh, running a company. You know, it took, like, 24 hours of my day pretty much for many, many years. So um, I had a little bit more leniency and a little bit more time when I started working with Street Attack. I had, you know, a bigger team. I was able to sort of you know, get back into that creative world and uh, mess around with it more. We had a few opportunities with Street Attack where they needed some creative stuff at festivals. And one of those things was uh, we did a campaign for Sea-Doo Jet Skis and Dead Mouse, the big EDM artist. And we needed some mural artists to paint some huge murals around Miami. And that kind of like got me back into like... That was you? No, I did, the, okay. I, I did the campaign. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, I you know, through my network of skateboarders and artists and, you know, graffiti artists from back in the, the day I knew, I found some incredible mural artists, street artists, one from Australia and then one from Atlanta. And they created some huge pieces surrounding this campaign. And, and it just made me think about, man, I really want to paint public art, you know, and I've done graffiti, you know, illegally, you know, paint <laughs> trains, my stuff was a little bit everywhere, but I wanted to legitimize that and just really get back into it. And that, that's kind of what sparked the interest of like, how can I do that? How could I get paid to do it? Because it's really expensive and costs a lot to do. And I started sort of, you know, invest, you know, just sort of diving into the who, what, where, how, and uh, started talking with artists, you know, how they're picking their brain. I don't know. It was, that's what kind of sparked, re-sparked that interest and made me sort of push to pursue that, which I ended up doing a few years after Street Attack. And, you know, became a full-time thing for me four years ago. So now you're living in Budapest. 
Yeah, I live in <laughs> Eastern Europe, which is yeah, crazy. Which is pretty cool. <laughs> How has that really impacted your art or running a business from a totally new place? Yeah, I mean, I think like with all the stuff I grew up around, you know, all the, the skateboarding culture, graffiti culture, you know, all music culture and, um, you know, running a company, starting things from scratch. What happened four years ago where I was able to like quit everything and just paint full time and do mural work full time. All those things led up to that. You know, you have to have some kind of business sense and business smarts to be able to run your own business. Um, and then, you know, having a background in art, it was just, I think it was good timing with that. And uh, yeah, I mean, moving to Budapest from, you know, after living in Nashville for 10 years, it's a, it's a whole nother world. <laughs> but it's, I mean, the, the entire world of art history is, is over there. So it's, it's in, amazingly inspiring. I mean, like just everything from the architecture, from the deep history of art culture. And, you know, I grew up looking at graffiti magazines and art magazines from, you know, Copenhagen, all over Europe. And I just always dreamed of going over there at least to just see art, you know, meet artists over there and just like, uh, die. It, I mean, like I said, it's a whole other world compared to the States. It's, it's kind of a dream come true being able to live over there and work over there and paint over there. And, you know, I have a studio over there where that it's huge and I get to create whatever I want. And uh, I was, I never really had a studio here in the States or had an opportunity to have a space to just experiment. There are only a few episodes left in season two and the finale of this season, we are doing a Q&A episode. So send any questions you have to founders at freshmanfounders.com and we will get those answered in episode 10. As you guys know, Mackenzie and I, we went to Belmont University and we took entrepreneurship classes together and learned, you know, some of the key points of how to build a business there. And we're so thankful that the Belmont University Center for Entrepreneurship is sponsoring Freshman Founders. And the Center of Entrepreneurship has tons of resources to support student entrepreneurs, such as two on-campus co-working spaces, competitions throughout the year, free business building clinics, and mentorship and grant opportunities. Belmont is also ranked by the Princeton Review as one of the top 25 entrepreneurship programs in the nation and the only one in Tennessee. The Center for Entrepreneurship guides students through every phase of their entrepreneurial journey, beginning their freshman year and lasting a lifetime. To build a business is like an artist building their brand, you know, and it's, it really, there's so many things throughout your life that it seems like you were always an entrepreneur in anything that you did. And you were because you built HMP and you, um, you know, created art this whole time and we're building a brand for yourself. And what are some lessons you feel like you've learned with, you know, running your business today that maybe you saw pieces of that throughout other life lessons and yeah, I mean, you know, running your own business, you it's always there's always a learning curve, you know, with whatever you're doing, you know, when you're starting something that you haven't been doing for years, yeah, it's it's there's always a learning curve, you know, the first handful of mural jobs I got, I had to learn how to price stuff accordingly cuz supplies are really expensive. There was, you know, those kinds of things that like after every single job that I did, I learned a whole world of life lessons. <laughs> you know, I got burned a few times. I, you know, did stuff for basically free, you know, after all costs and things like that. And, um, yeah, I mean, I just had to like figure out how to be really smart about, you know, uh, the entire process. I mean, there's a lot that goes into a mural job, um, you know, from the start of just like meeting with a client and sort of 
figuring out what they want to the design process, you know, doing upward. I've done 40 renderings for, you know, a client before over the course of like three or four months just to figure out, you know, what they wanted. And it's a, usually they're pretty big walls and spaces and, you know, you don't want to put something that they're going to hate later on or, or not really enjoy. So, I mean, I try to like tune into, try to see their vision for the most part and help with that. And there's a process that's a long process alone. And then actually putting everything together and, you know, actually painting the thing, you know, it's a, it's a whole process in its own as well. And it took me like a good couple of years to get to a point where I feel super confident and like, you know, if I see a space, I know what, you know, how to go about creating, uh, the vision of the client and, uh, making it happen, um, a lot better now, but yeah, big learning curve. <laughs> And so obviously, you know, every client is probably a little bit different, maybe has different expectations or oh yeah, <laughs> wants something, maybe, you know, people want more or less from you, but how would you, and I've noticed all the artwork I've seen of yours still is so you, you know, it's still very much can tell it was done by you. Like you, you kind of come through no matter what maybe their expectations were. How yeah. do you kind of manage to bring your brand and also meet their expectations when I first kind of took this on full-time um I sort of had to like play by their you know play by the clients rules kind of like I'll just I just want to paint so I'll create kind of whatever you want and need uh but you know in the in the mix of that I started sort of suggesting hey you know like instead of like a big guitar mural or whatever something generic let's just do create a really cool you know, something really cool to look at, um, you know, uh, create like a, a space where there wasn't a space before. I mean, there's been many instances where, you know, there's a street that just had like an ugly yellow khaki wall with like some graffiti on it or whatever, uh, some tags all over it that nobody walked by, nobody cared about, nobody even looked at. And, you know, we created a big old, you know, colorful geometric mural and it became a place where people flocked to. And it's kind of cool what something as simple as a mural can do to create space and interaction. And I've, after seeing that happen a few times um, with a, a client kind of like letting me take the reins, that was super important to like, again, it gave me confidence to be like, Hey, this actually did something for the area or the neighborhood or the community. And it brought people together in some way. There's something about that, that I need to kind of like suggest now, you know, moving forward with when clients come to me they find me because of my work or Google or whatever. And I'm like, I usually suggest, hey, let's do something in my style. It's a pretty safe, you know, a, a broad sort of thing that, you know, most people can enjoy. Um, you know, there's no big statement or big verbiage behind it. It's just like shapes and colors and something pretty to look at. Uh, I, I try to suggest uh, stuff in my style or something similar that uh, doesn't make some big bold statement. Uh, I love doing that stuff too. Uh, but... Uh, I, I try to suggest my stuff now that I've built up a portfolio. I have many references people can look at and kind of like go to my site and maybe something jumps out at them and we kind of start from there. How do you even project your projects out and how do you, you know, know what you have time for? What does the next, you know, year look like in forecast for you? Yeah, I mean, it's been crazy moving over to Europe. Um, now I have to like travel really far. I mean, obviously my network and my base is in the States you know, growing up and living here my whole life. Um, and legally, I can't work in Europe yet until I get my residency. So I do have to fly back to the States. And that's brought a whole other element to, you know, anybody that reaches out to me. It's like, hey, it's a, 
a bigger deal now. I've got to go across the world to to get to you and set it all up from abroad, and um, which is kind of cool. I feel like I've progressed. Or I've been forced to progress. Leveled up. <laughs> yeah. No. It's, uh, you know. And it, playing hard to get. <laughs> Yeah, I have to be more mindful of the projects I take on and my time because now it's more time involved and a lot more travel. So, um, which is kind of cool. It's just been a natural progression and kind of a, a forced pr- progression as well. And it, it's had me think differently about my my process and um, the way I go about. You know, when a client reaches out to me, uh, I've had to say no more, uh, which has allowed me to like pass on work to people that are you know coming up and. I've been able to, you know, give away a lot of work to a lot of friends, which is pretty cool. I, I love doing that. I love like uh, being able to, you know, share the wealth. I guess um, that's been really fun. And lo- moving overseas has given me that opportunity to do that. It's maybe easier for you to say no because you physically aren't there, so it might be kind of impossible to do a lot of things. True, but true. it's such a huge. It's such it's so important for growth, I think, to kind of learn how to say no to certain opportunities too, to really to to meet your goals and to to do what you want to do. You have to kind of move on from things that you from saying yes to everybody. Yeah, which I did. I'm you know, I, I like I love painting and I love weird projects and I've had people hit me up for all kinds of crazy stuff. I mean, uh Spotify reached out to me to, to paint this garage door for Keith Urban and I you know I did like this word collage where I painted every lyric to one of his new songs for his new album uh you know across this this huge garage door so I love taking on like weird projects like that you know no matter who the client is or the the brand or name behind it um whether it's just an individual or or whatever but yeah I do have to be more mindful and and I've had to learn how to say no a good bit of the time just because it is a it's it's tougher for me to get overseas now I mean, now that I'm starting to build a network and, you know, get some notice and, and some attention in Europe, I really want to paint all over Europe now and, like, sort of explore that world. It's a it's a totally different world compared to the States. And they've been doing mural stuff since, you know, whatever, 13th century or whatever. Uh, I feel like it's pushed me to progress and experiment more. And uh, it's lit a fire under me to really uh, dive into what I want to do with art. We've known you for, I think... About like five or I think so, yeah, yeah five, about five or six years. years. Yeah, and yeah. it's I mean we really look up to you, seeing you know how you have evolved yourself and what I mean really getting to see you all over Nashville now over the world, and so I'm excited to see what the next couple months, year, years yeah. look like, and <laughs> what are you thinking you're most excited <laughs> about for those uh, next steps in your business? I mean, I I just recently got the opportunity to uh, paint a few uh, street street art festivals. Um, I'm going to be painting in the Netherlands after I leave Nashville um, to, and working with, like, some people that I've followed for years, artists from all over the world. They're, we're all uh, working on a big, massive wall in the Netherlands together for this, uh, you know, street art festival. And that's, I'm, I mean, I'm so thankful and so, like, I feel so honored to be able to, like, work with these people and uh, that somebody wants me to paint in Europe, you know, um, I'm also going to be painting in Kosovo and Ser- Serbia at a similar sort of, you know, festival with artists from all over the world that I've looked up to, followed, and now I get to go paint with them and collaborate with them. And uh, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in awe of that. I'm so thankful and just sort of, like, humbled by that, that I, I get, uh, you know, I, something I've always wanted to do, I'm actually getting to do it now. 
It's incredible. I mean, how are those opportunities, how are they reaching out to you right now? I mean, those came about, I think I reached out to a few street art festivals. There's a lot of those kinds of things in Europe and you know other countries. And I think I reached out just to see how I could get involved, you know, at whatever level. And um, I think, you know, word got around or uh, through like me reaching out to a few of those, um, a few other countries, festivals uh, hit me up through maybe somebody referring me or, hey, this guy lives in, in Europe now. He's uh, looking to paint these festivals. And it just kind of came about that way, I think. I'm not totally sure. I forgot to ask how they found out about me. But I think that's I think that's what what, what went down. Amazing. Well, in close, um, we'd love to hear you know maybe some advice that you would give a budding entrepreneur or someone thinking about taking the leap to go and do their art full time. Build a website. Be really uh, diligent about um, documenting your work and putting it together. That is the only way I've been able to get work. I've never luckily had to reach out to anybody for work. I've had this portfolio that I've built on. You know, there's some cool names on there, people I've worked for, but I've made sure to document everything I do um, and put together case studies on, you know, some of the bigger projects because it helps. It it easily sort of translates what you do in the whole process of, uh, of what you do to people that have never maybe had a mural done or don't know much about how to go about doing it. That has been the key to what I've been able to do is keeping up with my portfolio. That, that's my main piece of advice. I've learned the hard, I mean, trial and error has been my best friend, <laughs> you know, especially when I started. I mean, luckily, I feel like my business sense running companies and things like that uh, definitely helped, uh, you know, starting a new business, you know, being a full, full-time mural artist. Um, you know, it's not something you have to go to college for or anything like that. It's literally just, uh, it's, a, it's a lot to figure out. I mean, just like any job, you know, new job that you're starting, it's everything's, everything has a learning curve and, um, you just have to be super determined, you know, like I, you know, go on YouTube and look at tutorials. If you're trying to figure out how to do something, ask people, you know, like if you're wanting to be a mural artist, and, you know, you're wanting to quit your day job, you know, it'll be a, you know, uh, it could be a slow process. Uh, just talk to people that are doing it. Pick their brain, you know, uh, meet with them. See kind of like how they went about doing it. Everybody has a different process. Um, that's kind of what I did. You know, I was already an artist, but I was like, how is this dude making a full-time living doing this, painting walls all over the world? Uh, I met with a bunch of artists, you know, picked their brain. Uh I had some business sense, you know, uh, I definitely learned things the hard way. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, trial and error, talking with people that that are already doing it. Um, I talk with people all the time. I have a lot of people reach out to me that are budding artists and, you know, wanting to take that leap. Don't quit your day job immediately. You'll know when it's time to, to leave. And, you know, the moment you leave is when a fire, well, you'll get a lot of fire under you because then it's like, oh, this is serious. I've got to figure out how to do this. And you'll do it. You know, if you have determination and some kind of business sense, it'll happen. Well, thanks so much for taking a little time uh, in the air condition. Yeah. Yeah. A little AC is probably nice. It's great. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate it. And we're really excited to see the finished product on the Top Golf wall. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure meeting with y'all and and seeing y'all again. 
just a reminder, uh, the very last episode of this season, we're going to do um, some questions and answers, just answering questions about any of the episodes or just about anything that people want to know more about in business, starting, growing, anything. So go ahead and send us those questions. And that email is founders at freshmanfounders.com. 